I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. Hey, Blake, would you go on a 5.5 podcast when you get to San Diego? I don't know, man. That's a lot. I don't even know what that is. And welcome back, everybody, to a historic 5.5 podcast. I'm your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside Eric Labou, and we are fresh off an excellent weekend in Texas for our boys, the San Diego Padres, coming off a sweep, and more importantly, Eric... A no-hitter, baby! We got one! We did. We we finally got a no-hitter. And you know what? We, we want to open the show today. Uh, kind of a somber opening. No jokes. No laughs. We'll, we'll get to that later. But there's a big moment in MLB today. The retirement of a Padre great, Jed Jerko. So we want to take this moment to have a quick moment of silence to remember his career. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. For the people that have been listening to our podcast for a couple of years now, they know exactly what that was for and they think it's hilarious, but yes. the rest of you probably don't get it. Yes. Uh, anyways, when we first started doing our podcast, Danny did a moment of silence for Tony Gwynn on Tony his Gwynn, birthday. Tony Gwynn, though. Tony Gwynn, birthday. Yeah. A, a moment of silence. All right. Uh, I think that's when we were in the mobile studio, actually. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. I, I was sitting there like, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> probably what you're thinking right now. But uh, yeah. No, I knew what you were doing. I'm not an idiot. Yeah, so huge Padre news. Uh, this last uh, weekend with Jed Jerko's retirement. But yes, uh, Joe Musgrove, finally, finally, we got the monkey off our back. Uh, Padres have our first no-hitter. Last Friday night, he got it done. Uh, Joe Musgrove just did it, everybody. Joe Musgrove did it. So uh, set the scene. Where were you at? What was your reaction? Paint the picture for us. So I had uh, smashed a large pizza by myself that night. Okay, Paddock. (laughs) Did you have a start the next day? (laughs) No. No, I did not. So, uh, so I'm actually like, yeah, it was a really close game, right? Like it wasn't a blowout, I don't believe. And so I was, uh, I was starting to doze off as it was getting pretty late and, uh, watching the game. And at about like the seventh, I was like, after the seventh inning, I'm like, man, he's, he's going to do it. Like, I think he can, I think he can get this no, no. So I went up, I drank a cup of coffee and I stayed glued to the screen and I'm sitting there on my, my futon here and my, uh. My bachelor pad, and I'm thinking if he can just get around Gallo, yeah. like if somehow, some way we can avoid Joe, which of course he he ended up doing, but it's like we can somehow avoid. I don't care, like if he's got to pitch around him or walk him, like if we cannot face Gallo the rest of the way through, he's got a shot. And there was a line drive. I think it ended the seventh, where uh, there was just like a scorching line drive hit at Will Myers, where I was like, oh, oh, yeah, and he hit right at him. Like, oh, okay, great. Everyone puckered up yeah. right there for sure. Yep. I think in the eighth inning there was another like rocket hit right at Cronenworth, uh, and I'm like, dude, I I think he's got it. And then once we got to the ninth, I'm like, he's he's got it. Yeah. You know, this is not a good this is not a good lineup. The only guy I was afraid of at that point was Kiner Falefa, because he's the type of guy you know, he's just punching Judy hitter, and occasionally he'll run into one, and he just seems like the kind of like. Decent, solid ball player who would just crush every Padres dream. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a, uh, it was kind of that that thing where you were waiting for the blue pit, you're waiting for the Texas League, yeah. you're waiting for something to just a 42 hopper through the middle of the infield. You're just waiting for that to happen, and then it didn't. So, uh, yeah, man, finally. So for me, I was sitting there, and uh, it's Friday. You know, my my son, uh, I put this on Twitter, he just started walking, and it's the greatest thing in my life. Like, I absolutely love it. So every time we get a chance to take him to the park or take him to the beach or just take him anywhere, I like to let him walk around because I enjoy the shit out of it just as much as he probably does. So we were sitting there, and it was like, I want to say the fourth inning, the fourth, maybe the fifth, and... And I noticed, of course, that he had a no-hitter. Yeah. And uh, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I, I've seen this so many times. I know how this ends. I'm going to the park. So I went to the park. I had the game on the Odyssey app, listening to 97.3 The Fan with uh, Jesse Agler. And you could just kind of hear the intensity. It's like Agler knew and like Agler could feel it. And you could hear the intensity in the calls. And he's just blowing through the lineup. And I'm like, shit, man. We, we start walking home from the park. And I'm like damn, he still has it. Like, he still has it. And and when we got home, I want to say it was the seventh inning. 
And I had quote tweeted uh, myself, and I was like, holy shit, guys, I just got home, and Joe Musgrove, he still has a no-hitter going. <laughs> because I had always said before, I think the, the idea of a jinx is just stupid. It's Agreed. It's so stupid. 100%. And so I wanted to make it a point to make sure that I was tweeting out, hey, this motherfucker has a no-hitter just in case one is ever thrown so I can say, ha, gotcha. But So that's why I tweeted out. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's it's going to get blown, whatever. It'll be funny. People show me on Twitter, whatever. Uh, then, for me personally, and I told this in, uh, I told this to a few buddies, I'm like, you know, it's a lot easier to watch when you expect to get fucked. Yeah. I had no expectations. And for me, going into a no-hitter, I don't start to think, oh, hey, this could actually happen until we get to the eighth inning. And that's a long time into the no-hitter. Yeah. But when we get to the eighth, and there's like, one out. I'm like, oh shit, okay, let's see how the rest of it goes. And once we get that last out in the eighth and we're going into the ninth, then I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. And I'm not a superstitious guy, but I was sitting there watching the game in the exact same spot in the couch and I had my recliner up and I'm watching the ninth inning and I'm just sitting there and my wife's like, oh wow, he's really going to get And I don't say a word to her. <laughs> I don't say a word. And like through every pitch, I'm just like, come on, Joe, come on, Joe. Like I have my hands like I'm praying and I'm just like yeah. covering my mouth and I'm breathing loud and she's like... She's like, are you serious? And I'm like, I'm like, just just stop. Just stop. Just let me watch it. And the whole time I'm like, come on, Joe, like, do it, do it. And then towards the uh, the very last play, the ground ball is hit. And I see the play unfolding. We see it's gonna end. And then uh, Kim throws over to Hosmer at first. And our couches out there, they're electric couches. Profar at first. Our profar at first, my bad. Uh, so our, our couches out there, electric couches. So I had it reclined and it was like that, so I couldn't put it down. Normally I like to put the couch down. If I'm getting into it, I put the couch down, lean forward and watch the game. <laughs> but I couldn't because in that instance I didn't want to move. So I'm sitting there I'm like, come on, Joe, come on. And I see the ball hit. I see Kim throw it over to Profar at first. I see him catch it. And then I can't immediately start jumping up and down because it's a it's a, an, an electric recliner. So it's just like... <laughs> yeah! And I jumped up and down. So I was jumping up. There's a delay for sure. Uh, jumping up and down, screaming, happy as hell. Dog is barking, going crazy. I immediately grabbed my son. We started jumping up and down. My wife was in there. We were jumping and cheering. You know, it was just amazing. It was yeah. absolutely amazing, dude. And um, I'm just so happy that we finally got it. And, and before, we talked about it last yeah. week because the new mayor of Ramona, Friar Faithful 69, called it a few days before. Uh, we had mentioned, like, you know, it's not a big deal to me. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know if Until we it said was. It, I don't know if we said it, like, recording or if it was, you know, in our, our pre-show banter, but I distinctly remember telling pre-show you... Pre-show banter, by the way, available on Patreon. Yes, yes, <laughs> for all our Tier 1 listeners. Yeah, yeah. That'll be uh, two tamales yeah. uh, a month is what it costs you. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I remember distinctly telling you, like, yeah, you know, a no-hitter's cool. Like, it'd be cool to have, but, like, I don't care. You know, it's just like a, it's a cool little footnote, but it doesn't, you know, plenty of shitty teams have gotten no hitters. You know, it's not indicative of how your season's going to go or how good your team is, right? Because like, there's been all kinds of guys who are scrubs mm-hmm. that got no hitters, particularly against the Padres. Yeah. You know, Bud Smiths and Jonathan Sanchez's of the world, you yep. know, that that's their one thing that they had. So for me, it was like, whatever. But as this is unfolding, I had thought about that, like, as we get in the ninth inning and I was like, damn. I didn't think I was going to want it this badly. Yeah, dude. Like, I, I feel, it felt like a playoff atmosphere. And, and you're right. Like, I'm sitting there. I'm thinking, come on, you can do it. And that ground ball to Kim. And I, I'll tell you, my heart skipped because the way Kim fielded it, he backhanded Kind of off it. to the side. Yeah. yeah. He backhanded He To get around, obviously, he's setting his feet to throw before he fields the ball. Mm-hmm. But he did not field it in front of him. Yeah. Uh, he fielded it off to the side to backhand it. And uh, as he threw the first, and I, I was like, oh! He got it! Yeah. Fire! I'm just screaming. And I'm alone in my house. Like, nobody's with me in my apartment. It's just me. What's my neighbors that? are probably, yeah. Uh, my neighbors are, <laughs> you're over here telling, oh, I was jumping up and down with my wife. My kid, my dogs didn't even care. <laughs> my pit bull's named after Tatis. You know, he's El Bebo, and he didn't care. He was just laying in his, in yeah. his bed, you know. So I was telling alone. Me to shut up. Yeah, so I was, <laughs> I was alone, you know, with an empty box of pizza. Yeah, yeah. Celebrating. How can you not be romantic way. about baseball? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! But yeah, man, I didn't. I didn't think like you know. Wow, I didn't. I didn't realize I'd. I'd want it. Uh, I'd want it that badly, and that's. Uh, that's what ends up happening, and it's. It's awesome. It's an awesome moment for for Padre fans. Um, obviously, you know. Oh, how can you not be romantic? Like you could not have scripted that better. Joe Musgrove, 
who we talked about, we got him. We're like, dude, this might be like a sneaky, really great pickup because he was so good last year. And we, we see him throwing in spring training like, oh, he's got great stuff. And, of course, the San Diego boy comes home, his second career start in the uniform, throws a no-hitter. Yeah. And the best part is we just continue to shove it up the ass of the Texas oh, Rangers. Yeah. Of all the th- of all the teams we could have thrown it against, other than the Dodgers and the Giants, couldn't have picked a better team. No, Eat no doubt. shit, Chris Woodward. Yeah, no doubt, man. And that was... It is like there's there's that level where it is it's poetic like yeah. Orsillo said like uh, maybe like the universe was just waiting for Joe to get here yeah and do it because it's just so it's so perfect because everyone like we say all the time I even mentioned it last week when we were talking about oh how the first cycle it's like well it's camp and we don't recognize that one and I think I even said yeah. someone will like Paddock will throw it and then we'll be like well we only recognize Joe's no hitter <laughs> um, that's who like you root for guys like that you root for guys like Musgrove and the fact that it is a hometown like that's our guy yeah he's been our guy like there's always been the type before he came here, he was on with Ben and Woods, like yeah. somewhat regularly, not weekly, but you know what I mean. He was on there a lot, and and the hometown ties, and uh, just having dude having that happen because knowing that he went through so much heartbreak with the rest of us at Qualcomm and at yeah. Petco, and like just hearing like literally a season ticket holder through the first no hitter in Padres history, like that's amazing. Like where does that happen yeah. at all? Like that it doesn't. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in the movies. And, exactly. And for for all of us as Padre fans, like you you see guys and and whenever we bring big guys in like Manning, it's like oh you know this city we're hungry for a championship. You know I, I can really tell these guys are hungry. This fan base is hungry and they want that greatness. Like that's a great thing to say. We love when people come here and say that. But if anyone knows. Joe knows. Yeah. Joe knows the heartbreak that we've suffered here. Joe knows how hungry we are for not only a no-hitter, but a championship. Like, if anyone knows, Joe fucking knows. Yeah. And for him to go up there and have that pressure, dude, he has to have had all the pressure in the world on his shoulders. Not oh, yeah. just to complete it for himself and for his legacy, but for the whole city. Like, he knows. He knows the um, the moment and, you know, the size of the moment. So for him to actually come through and to not shit the bed, like, he just looked in absolute control the yeah. entire night especially yeah. towards the end he didn't look nervous at all he's just like hey we're gonna fucking do it i don't think he threw a fastball he said the last like three innings he like, also didn't take a piss yeah yeah i know <laughs> that yeah he, he, yeah, he almost had a you know, urinary tract in fact yeah you got old uti yeah um yeah but I, I think he said like yeah like the last like six to nine batteries like i didn't throw any fouls just like I'm just gonna throw breaking balls. Why and, not? Know. Yeah, why not? Right? Like, why, why, why risk it? Yeah. Why risk it? Just throw, just throw what uh, you know. Dance with what Brunya. Exactly. Um, I, I think uh, it's like Joe. It's it's kind of like you know they say in like movies. There's always a character that's supposed to be representative of the audience. So like this is the character you live vicariously through. You know, as a member of the audience. That's Joe for us. Like Joe yeah. is, he is one of us. He is he is. Uh, our, our our San Diego, you know, citizen or San Diego Padre fan allegory that we live through vicariously because he's one of us. He's been through the ups and downs. Yeah. He hates the Dodgers as uh, oh, he has, yeah. as he has uh, so poetically explained on Instagram Live. Uh, he hates the Dodgers. So you know that's us. You know you can say like that's he's one of us. He's mm-hmm. the he's the kid you know, grew up playing in the backyard with the Padres jersey, pretending he's the Padre. Probably made created himself in video games. Like we all did to put himself on the Padres, all that good stuff, and he brought home the no hitter. So as I had tweeted, Eric, cycle check, no hitter check, world title loading. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. It's man. coming. Hopefully soon. And and on the topic of Musgrove, it was kind of funny how there was like the rumors coming out where it's like, hey, the Brewers they'll give up Hater, but they want Musgrove. And it's like, fuck no. <laughs> Why would fuck we do no. that? Like no one wants to. And now looking back at those rumors, like in hindsight, it's like. Hell no, dude. Like, why the hell would you do that? Yeah. So, I don't ever think that that was seriously considered by Preller. I haven't asked him yet. I'll call him after we're done. But I don't think that was ever <laughs> seriously considered uh, by Preller no. at all. But I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, well, we have Joe for this year and next year. But I don't want it to end there. And I don't think I don't he either. wants it to end either. I mean, he'll be, what, 31 when his contract is up here? I believe so. What kind of money is he getting? Is Charity said on my beloved Bound for Disappointment podcast with Mark Wilkins. It, it's it's If you're looking for a podcast... That is over an hour and a half, no matter what. <laughs> Listen to the Bound for Disappointment podcast. But he said that he can see Musgrove being a guy that gets a, a nine-figure contract. I don't think I see that. I could see him at 31 getting like five a, or six years, like 100, 120. 
I don't know though. He's gonna be th- he's thirty one. Like yeah, he's yeah. you know a late bloomer. But how much is he really gonna get? I mean, let's put it this way: like if he has a full Cy Young caliber, he was really really good last year. I'd be, he the gets signs, overlooked because and, of who he played with. Yeah, and the um, signs were there that he was gonna continue yeah, into this year. And he was really really good last. year. I mean, like ace level last year. He had like twelve plus strikeout per nine rate. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's put it this way: like Bauer, Trevor Bauer. Only has, and I mean, you have to open both eyes to look at it, Eric, but he only has one great season, one elite season, which was last year, and like, well, he has two great seasons and one good season, mm-hmm. and like four mediocre or worse seasons. So if Bauer pulled that off on a short term deal, I think if Musgrove goes out and says, yeah, I want 20 million, like 20 is like the new 15. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's what but I'm saying. It's I a think length. he could, yeah. I think, well, I mean, at 31, with the way that, you know, yeah, they have like load management for pitchers now. You know, guys are it's like, hey, we can limit him five or six innings. He can be really effective. It's a bullpen game now. Um, you don't get guys going like Darvish tonight, who's pitched into the seventh, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, as we uh, record here. Um, I think a team can look at him and say, like, I mean, like, you know, what did uh, what would like like Blake Snell does not have a history of going as we've seen. Yeah. Uh, Blake Snell, you can see why he got yanked a lot. He throws a lot of pitches, so. I could, you know, Snell went on the market right now. He's a $25, $30 million arm, even though he's not, you know, going seven or eight innings a night. I could see Musgrove, if he's healthy, he doesn't have a lot of miles on him. He's not injured prone. I could see him pulling five years, 100 mil. He's not necessarily a guy that relies on the heater. No. So it's not like if he loses a tick or two, it's going to be the end of the world for him. He completely relies on... I would love if they gave him five, 100, 110. I think he'd take that. No question. Absolutely. No question. And I San Diego to the core. Yeah, and and I think he would take like you don't have to look at it like it's a hometown discount because I think it's a fair contract. It is. You know? um, and if he happens to turn into the ace, which I think he's going to be, what he's been so far, um, and which he was last year, well, great. We just got another still on a contract, so um, I would be open to them, you know, extending him uh, and, and giving him a contract extension. What's he making this year? Four million through arbitration. Yeah, I have no he idea. might make eight million next year, maybe ten mil. I, I think he would take a. A five-year, $20 million average. The beautiful thing, though, about being a Padre fan in 2021 is we don't have to worry about it. Like, it's not like, oh, God, it'd be nice. It's never going to happen, but it would be nice. This Ima- is what they should do. Imagine thinking they couldn't spend any money because uh, Myers and Hosmer were on the books. That was me. What? Yeah. That was me. Oh, I thought it was uh, another... Uh, imagine imagine being a male-loving boomer thinking that they couldn't spend any money because they had two $20 million uh, contracts on the books. Yeah. Wow. Imagine, so, Eric. Yeah. Uh, speaking of money on the books and money on the shelf, unfortunately, <laughs> right after we recorded last <laughs> week, uh, almost immediately, yeah. Tatis Jr. finds himself sidelined, Eric. I want to get your reactions on what uh, you thought, because my first reaction was, fuck! <laughs> I think it just blew out our headset. Probably. Eric. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I want to say, if you guys noticed last week that I did not even bother tweeting out that we recorded a podcast, it's because I quite literally did not even bother tweeting it out. Because I was sitting there, I'm like, well, the game's going on right now. It's going to get lost in all these tweets if I just send out that we you know, recorded tonight. So I'll just wait till tomorrow morning. And then Tatis happens. And I'm like, well, the last thing I want to deal with is, oh, this is stale now. What? You guys didn't talk about Tatis? Did you really say that? Yes, dude. Oh, yes. And and the the people who mostly say that walk at least four miles a day. They steal <laughs> rosemary outside a local high school around their place. They buy you know, a food you for know less the meat type. that expired last week. You know the type. Yes. Burn the shit out of uh, toast. You know they don't chop up their cilantro. Yeah, you know you know yeah. the type. Uh, so yes, I was like, I don't want to deal with that. Not not only from that source, but from other. I was like, I'm not going to deal with it. Uh, yes, that was heartbreaking to say the least. And I think it's actually a good thing that we didn't waste our time to record an emergency podcast because it looked a lot worse than what it seems. Yes. Now in hindsight, because when yes. he first went down, I'm like, fuck, he's out for the year because it looked terrible. You look at uh, Michael Conforto; it's like the same thing. Yeah. It just looks terrible and then you're like well uh we're gonna go the rest and rehab route we know we are well well, well. and they end up doing it and we're like well shit and then it's like well it's not that bad actually and now we see him hitting dongs in texas during bp and it's like he's fine he's fine so like if worst case scenario he's out for six months no matter what let him push it. Why not, yeah. dude? Like, if you're not gonna do, if you're not gonna make the damage worse long term, uh, I'll trust the doctors and I'll trust the team that uh, they know what they're doing. <laughs> Although that sounds really stupid to say, yes. I'll trust them that they are not gonna let that type of investment go to shit 
after a few at bats just to get one good season. I agree because I think if he needed the surgery, they would sh- they would just shut if him he's down. down for six months anyways. Yeah. They're gonna wait till October. Yeah, and guess what? If he comes back during the Dodger series, he swings and his shoulder comes out of socket. Guess what? He's gonna go down for a week to ten days and he's gonna come back and try again. Yeah. That's it. That's and, it. And I think there's been indications that he's probably gonna have off season surgery anyways. Yeah, no doubt. And it doesn't sound like it's anything serious like. Well, he's going to have off-season surgery. We don't know when he's going to come back. Right? Like, Because like, Profar suffered through like shoulder issues. Yeah. But this doesn't sound like the same thing. It sounds like it's just something that happens. The shoulder is a really uh, dynamic joint that has all kinds of movement. And this just happens to happen. It seems like it's something that, I mean, they, they had insinuated in spring training. Like, yeah, he's always had this issue. And it's just never really been a problem. And it just happens to be right now. So I thought it was interesting. I heard John Smoltz say that he had it for three years in yeah. his career. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'd just be like in the hotel room and it would pop out of socket or I'd be yeah. in the dugout and pop out of socket. I'm like, shit, dude. Yeah, like, I, I had no idea. Me, like, me neither. I think he said, it's like, as long as I got it to pop back in right after then you're fine. For the most part, I was fine. And I think that's exactly what happened with Tatis. Like he, the next day he wanted to be in the lineup. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't think that that's eyewash with Tatis. I think he yeah. legitimately wanted to be in the lineup. Yeah, I, I so, agree. So I, I think he'll be fine. Like I said, it doesn't sound that serious an injury, even if he needs a surgery. And like at first, yeah, my reaction was like, man, if they're, you know, if he's out, like they might be fucked. Um, and that's more to because as much as I think we both have said we want Hassan Kim to succeed, mm-hmm. there's going to be a learning curve offensively. Yeah, no But doubt. now you're digging into your depth. And it's not like we're losing, no offense to him, but it's not like we're losing Tommy Pham. Um, we're not losing, uh, you know, Cronenworth. Where these guys are good players, they're obviously they're big players on the team, but they're role players. You know, your uh, your team is not built around those guys, right? Like if we lost Profar, that would suck. But your team's not built around him. The team is clearly built around Tatis. You know, he's the he's the engine of the team, and they've played really well since he's been down. Uh, at least uh, they well, the, face the Rangers. Yeah. Well, they also <laughs> face the Giants, and they play that when they True. lost that series. But um, maybe there's something demoralizing there. But you know, I, I think they can survive without. They're still built to win ninety plus games, but without him, you start digging into depth, um, and and the the drop down from going from Tatis to like Kim or Cronenworth or Profar, whoever's going to get you know more at bats now because he's down, that does hurt. But I think they can survive, and they can always you know swing a trade if they need to swing a trade. Yeah. Um. So I think they're Trevor okay. Story. Yeah, Trevor Story's <laughs> out there, right? Javi Baez, if uh, you like watching guys. Just hack violently at whatever you throw at him and occasionally run into a dinger. Javi Baez is your man. Yeah. He's your man. Uh, the injury that really hurt was the injury that happened yesterday. Uh, Adrian Morhone. Did it, though? Did it? Did it happen? No. Did it really hurt? Morhone going down. We here's, had, here's we why had high hopes for Morhone. Yes. But let's face it. This is what he's been the whole time. As Here, much as I want to believe and I wanted to believe that he's a different man this year, that he would be able to go through five innings every fifth day, clearly he's not that guy. Our heart's telling us yes, but his body's telling us no. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Emphatically. But here's here's no. why it hurts. It's because he looked good, but now what this does, I think it is fair to say that whether he has deserved it or not, Chris Paddock clearly has lost the faith of the coaching staff, specifically Jace Tingler. I was kind of surprised with the hook he had. I was not yeah. surprised. Namely because I think Tingler thought, well, he got out of that inning, but he looked terrible in the third inning, so I'm just going to pull him now. We're going to go with uh, Ryan Weathers. Um, I think it's becoming pretty obvious that Paddock, like when Tingler said, like, hey, like he's got to show up, and if he's not, you know, it's not going to be a long leash, it's clear he meant it because he did not pitch. He didn't pitch poorly his first start. He got Babbitt to death, um, but he quick hook. Second start, okay, he had one bad inning. Again, he had a snowball effect inning. Got it through the third, you know, rough third inning. Got through the fourth, and that was it. And uh, Paddock looked like he wanted to cry. Yeah, I mean, he, he, I mean, I think he was. He may have been crying well, in the dugout. And uh, with Morahone going down, even if Morahone was only going to throw, you know, five innings to start, that just lengthens the leash for Paddock because now you can't afford to yank Paddock out because now you're digging into depth. I agree uh, with what we talked about earlier. Maybe you give Weathers the starts for now. While you wait for Lamette to get back, because I think that's the obvious move. Lamette's going to come up and Clearly. take that spot. But that lengthens the leash on Paddock. And again, just like with Tatis, you're starting to dig into your depth. And you're going with guys who you did not project to be everyday players 
or starters in this case. Also, with the way the, the rotation is set up, you have Paddock, and then the day after, more home spot, you don't have a clear yeah. answer there. So you're going to need a healthy pen that day. So Paddock is going to have to... He's gonna have to Step up. sack up, yeah. and get, sack and up. and pitch into the fifth. Give me the fifth, yeah. dude. Like, uh, but yeah, I mean, as players, players never root for injuries at all. Like you, you know that they say yeah. it, and and they, I'm sure that it's genuine. They never root for injuries. But knowing that Lamette's coming back soon, knowing that Gore has been stretched out to 90 pitches, there has to have been a part of Paddock when Morahone went down, where he's like, oh, thank God. Right, it's only natural. Right, like oh, I get to stick around a little bit longer. Like, like he probably, probably went to his corner in the dugout, or maybe even went into the clubhouse, got on his knees, maybe sobbed a little bit, said thank you to Rush Limbaugh down in hell <laughs> for this opportunity to remain in the rotation. I- I'm sure he did. Right, like he's not, he's a good guy. I believe he's a good guy, but part of him had to have been happy with Morahone. It's got only her. so. Natural. Where, where do we go from here? Is is my question. Where do we go from here? Okay, I think we both agree that we should probably give more home spot to Weathers in the meantime. Yes. Weathers is good for four innings tops at this I point. I think he might be good for more. We'll see. We'll see how long they let You'd him go. You'd be stretching him out at this. I yeah. mean, he's he's been he's going three. like three. I think it depends on how efficient he is. Yeah, is, but is, his first start, yeah. the way it's lining up, is looking like it's going to be against the Dodgers yeah. on Friday night, which is great. I love that. Yeah, I love I that. too. Let but, him Because yeah, um, we know he's not scared. <laughs> no, no, he's not. We know he's not. He so. gave up that home run when he came in on Saturday, I believe, is when he pitched. He gave up the home run and just went right back to work. He was not rattled yeah. in the slightest. So, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think he's the next man up. Isn't that sustainable, though, to have Paddock followed by possibly a bullpen day every no, no, it's and, and this is what I uh, and, and I mean, even with with Lamette, as much as we love to hope that hey, he's ready and he's going to be fine, you can't count on him. I That's think you probably can count on gonna be going to be a five or six. I don't know about that. I, I think that there's a solid chance of a Lamette day being a bullpen day, at least in the beginning. At least in the beginning. But I think with Lamette, if you slot him with the way they maybe they might slot him in right after Musgrove, I think you'll be fine. It's the it, you're right. It's with Paddock and it's with Weather. So I think it depends on on um, how and where they slot. How they how they use Lament. Like how much of a of a, of a leash are they going to give him? Like how much are they just going to let him go out and go? That's what they did when he came back from Tommy John, which was surprising at the time because they, that was the same year they were limiting Paddock, right. who's coming off of Tommy John. They just let uh, yeah, because they didn't care if anything happened to Lament. Yeah, curious. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah, sure. <laughs> But uh, they uh, they uh, they just let him go um, after Tommy John. So I wonder, and I, I have questioned, like, is he really hurt? Because he's been seemingly throwing at full strength for a while, but they've taken their sweet time. So I do wonder if the idea of we're going to bring him along slowly is more because they know, okay, we have five starters with Morahone now. We have depth with Weathers and Gore. Um so maybe we don't need to have Lamette right now. We can save him for a couple of weeks, shave a couple of weeks off, you know, kind of bring him in towards the middle or the back end of this. Set. I think they're playing 17 games in 17 days uh, as of the Rangers series. So um, I do wonder if they're just being more cautious than he's actually really hurt. Um, and they're just trying to buy themselves some some time and save some bullets. So I think it depends. I think if you if you slot him in after Musgrove, you'll be fine. Um because we know with you know Darvish, I think went seven tonight. Uh, we know you know Snell wants to pitch deeper in the games. I think yeah. now that we're a couple starts in, Tangler will have a, a longer hook for a guy like Snell. We know you know he has no intention of pulling Musgrove unless he has to. So you slot him in after that, I think you're fine. But again, this might be where you know where the bullpen, which has been really good uh, as of late, point eight four ERA. Yeah, they, they've play. been lights out. Um, this is where. You know, those last two starts, yeah, maybe if you can get four or five innings out of Paddock and uh, Weathers, I think you can make that work with the bullpen. You know, you can just, you know, one inning guys to death. Uh, Or Stammen goes out there for a couple innings. Stammen goes out there (laughs) for a couple innings. Hey, you know what? Stammen has earned some respect. You know what? Stammen isn't bad. I think the thing with Stammen is that we feel like we need to pull him uh, too quick. We need to be too quick to pull him as opposed to too late. Yeah, I feel... (laughs) I feel like when you throw in the combination of his playoff start last year yeah. and then this last, uh, was it Sunday that yeah. he came in? I feel like Stammen has earned some slack. 
Yeah, for I'm me. okay with him. I don't mind him being in... Uh... Well, when I say slack, I mean like I'm no longer going to want to vomit when I see <laughs> that he's warming up in the pen. That's Tim Hill for me now. Oh, yeah. oh brother Warren, though? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, hey, give stamina to start on Friday. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Just kidding. You know what? Honestly, honestly, if they were to say, okay, stamina, we want you to go out there and go at least two innings, and then they're going to bring in Weathers, I'd be okay with that. I guess. Yeah, yeah you yeah. give him two innings. They, you know, give him two innings. It doesn't so. really matter, I guess, the no. the order in which you bring him in. No, it doesn't. I mean, if you can get him through the first two innings, and then Weathers comes in and throws like innings three through six or seven, great. I'm all for that. Yeah. You got the back end of the bullpen. So, yeah. um, I think that'd be better than the alternative where Weathers only goes two or three, and you have to do where you bring Stammen in to pitch the, you know, the, the, the beginning and middle of the game. So, we'll see. I mean, I, I have faith their bullpen has been really good. Um. Uh, they've been lights out. Like honestly, the bullpen has been so good, and the starting pitch has been so good. I forgot Pomeranz was even <laughs> was even activated on the roster because I felt like we hadn't seen him in a while uh, until he pitched he uh, the other money, night. Dude. dude, just lights he out. Is money lights it's out. It's so funny to see to see guys like that, and you remember him as a starter with Colorado, yeah. and he's just ho yeah. hum here. And now, yeah, and here. I mean, he was an all-star. Yeah, he was right? really good. 2016. Yeah. So, uh, But you look at it, and it's like, hey, maybe a move to the pen is the move for a guy like Paddock. Yeah. Let maybe, me ask you let Maybe me ask a, you that. Maybe a, a trip to the pen is inevitable for the young man. Perhaps. Let me let me bring something up, because uh, <laughs> you know, I'm of the mind that you know, with relievers, you, it, you take the upside and that they're just throwing gas and, and, and blowing it all out for one inning, but also that it is... You know, a reliever is more prone to the snowball effect. Our good friend, H.J. Preller, assuming his account's still alive after yesterday's epic, <laughs> epic post-game thread tweet, uh, assuming he's still around, he had mentioned that because Paddock seems to suffer from the snowball effect for one inning, he's not sure if he wants him as a reliever. My argument, or my counter-argument to that is, every reliever suffers from the snowball effect. Pagan almost had one yesterday yeah. and then really dug deep. To get himself out of that clutch moment, getting him digging himself out of his own hole. Right. But I feel like if you were to tell me, okay, if you give nine Chris Paddock innings, whether you get nine combined innings as a start or just nine single appearances, three of those nine innings, he's going to have a snowball, you know, inning where he just kind of lets it get away from. He gives up a run or two, but those other seven, six or seven innings, he's just completely lights out. I feel like you could probably play that better off as a reliever. With him now, he's not going to like it. We we established that last week. He's probably going to. No hate one it. cares. Yeah, I don't care. Huh. I don't care either. And I think there's upside in him being a reliever because he's a two pitch pitch, and I think he can get away with it better, uh, particularly for his stuff. But what do you think? Like, does Paddock does Paddock have being prone to snowballing? Does that make him not ideal for the rotation? Because at that point, then what do you keep him for? You mean in the bullpen? In the bullpen, excuse me. I think I think it's he's just fine as a candidate in the bullpen. In the whole snowballing thing. I mean, I'm not concerned about that from a reliever because you can pull him after three batters. Yeah. If you're counting on him to start and then all of a sudden the snowball's in the first or second inning, well then shit, you got to scramble your bullpen and get them ready and, and somehow gut it out for the last seven or eight innings of the game. So if you're only counting on him for one, maybe two innings anyway, and the first inning happens to you know be a pile of shit, then you pull him. Yeah. Then you bring in a guy like Adams, or you bring in someone that can actually get the job done. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. See, that's the thing why I think him as a reliever, and the other thing with as a reliever is that you can pick and choose his spots. You can say, look, like we're not going to flat out tell him, you know, hey, we're going to put you in a low leverage spot. But this is the seventh inning, and it's like a two, you know, a one or two run game, even a three run game. You can put him in there and say, okay, we have seven, eight, nine coming up, or eight, nine, one, and maybe they get a pinch hitter. But like, I'm not afraid of pinch hitters. The guy's on the bench for a reason, yeah. right? Like unless like it's like an every like Trent Grisham pinch hitting or something. Like if you're gonna pinch hit a guy, well, he's not starting for a reason. It's because he's probably not one of your best eight guys. So, yeah, if I'm gonna sit here and say, well, you know, I know he has a snowball effect, I can manipulate his production a little bit better as a reliever because I can pick and choose his spots. Hey, Lamed only went five. It's the middle of the order in the six. It's you know the five, six, seven hitters. We need to shut this down before they turn up the lineup because that way, in the seventh, we can start bringing in our relief face. So we're going to put Chris Paddock in this position and let him attack the five, six, seven guys and hope he gets us out of it. But you can pick and choose and manipulate and influence where you put him in and what kind of production you get out of him to try to avoid the snowball effect because now you can match him up with guys. He's tough to watch, man. Like he, he, His bread and butter 
all through the minors, and then in 2019 was elite pinpoint location and that changeup. And it, now it's like, where'd that go? Yeah. Like, where did that location go? Like, he misses a lot. A lot. Like, over the plate. Like, it's just... He's tough to watch, man. And, I wanna... and in, in years past, he would have had a long leash. Oh, but yeah. this year, not oh, yeah. so much. Yeah, if he came up at like 17, yeah. Not so much. He would have had three or four years to figure it out. Yeah. Um, let me, speaking on command and, and pinpoint location, we were talking with uh, with uh, mayonnaise connoisseur John Conniff about this. And I had pointed out that it feels like he doesn't do this anymore. But his rookie year felt like... He would throw his changeup purposely for strikes. Like he would use it like it's a breaking ball. He, I remember a strikeout. He got a Brandon Belt where he front doored him yeah. on looking on a changeup, and he would throw high changeups. I think he struck Adam Jones out on a changeup that started like letter high and broke down and in. I feel like he doesn't do that anymore. Now it literally feels fastball up, changeup down, as yeah. opposed to wherever I throw my fastball, I'm gonna throw it here a couple of times. I'm also going to mix in change-ups at that same eye level, right? Tunneling. Yeah. I'm going to throw change-ups at the same eye level as I throw the fastball. But because it has break, I can set them up now. Because now they don't know if I'm going to throw a fastball up and in. Or if I'm going to throw a change-up that looks like it's coming up and in. But then it falls down and in off the table at the back leg. Yeah. I feel like, is it is it just me? Or does he not pitch like that anymore? He pitches much more like, much more... Much more in a pattern. Fastball up, change up down. Yeah, it's easy to spit on yeah. the change up. And you see the fastball up. If it's high, let it fly. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, let it fly. Yeah. Elevate and celebrate. But, uh, yeah, dude, I, I, I see that, too. And it's it's really hard to watch because uh, you've seen him do it before. Like, you've seen him yeah. succeed with his current setup. Yeah. With the fastball and change and up. was it a fluke? Like, that's when you start to ask yourself, like, is it just because nobody saw him? Or is it... Has something tangibly changed with how he attacks hitters? Like I want to, I want to believe in him, but I, yeah. I don't feel like we have that luxury of sitting around and waiting. No, we do not. Like I don't want to see him cry in front of the Mexicans. <laughs> I don't want to see that, you know. But it seems like he's prone to crying in front of the Mexicans. <laughs> yes. And that's not good for us as Padre fans. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's entertainment. It's a great bit on Twitter to there's rile great, up his brother. Yeah, there's great meme material from it. Yeah. But as far as us making it to the goal where we want to make it, I don't know. And, you know, maybe maybe Morahone, I, I don't want to say blessing in disguise, but maybe him going down and giving Paddock that extra leash, maybe he's able to turn around. I, I feel like know. we should go on the record speaking of Morahone because he's on the 10-day IL. With uh, forearm and elbow tightness. I feel like we should just get it out of the way. He's having Tommy John. You might as well say goodbye to him until yeah. oh, 2023. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. That's, that's like a, a given. Foregone conclusion yeah. Yeah. there, pretty much. But Stop pasando. Yeah. As they would say. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But yeah, I, I I think you're right. In other years, like even two years ago, like we'd have given him the longer leash. But right now, it's like, are you going to tell me like the stretching gore out? Um, I don't think, I, yeah, he was kind of all over the place in the spring. But I don't think Gore's spring training is indicative like, I don't think Weathers is going to be better than Gore. I just think Weathers has a lower ceiling and a higher floor just because that's what he is. Um, but are you going to tell me, like, May, come mid-May, like, it's not better to have Weathers and or Gore both in the rotation or one of them as, like, the super reliever, like they've been using Weathers, with Lamette back and being allowed to go five, six, seven innings, you know, just going full bore. And then move Paddock to the pen. Like you can tell me, like that's not best for the team. I know they're I thinking think about it. That's amazing for the team. I think, honestly. yeah, and I think they're thinking about it. I think them having a short hook on Paddock is really establishing, like we are not going to let you figure this out like we did last year. Because now, like as much as they were ready to win last year, last year it turned out great. But last year was very much experimental. Like we have Cronenworth, a rookie. Yeah, you know, we have Grisham, who wasn't a rookie, but he may as well be his first quote-unquote, full season, like, as an everyday player, right? Like, mm-hmm. Tatis is coming back. Like, it's only his second, quote-unquote, full season. Uh, you know, so they didn't know what they were going to do. Catching, uh, obviously. Uh, so this this year is a little bit different. Like, last year, it's like, hey, we have this core. Let's see how this core performs so we know where we're at. And, hey, we got in the, we got in the playoffs. Now it's like, hey, we got in the playoffs last year with this core. Let's go ahead and add. We just added three Cy Young candidates in uh, you know in the, the span of a month, um, we're bringing up our young guys, right? We're bringing up Weathers, we're bringing up Campisano, we're starting those clocks because these guys make us better now. Like it, we're not in a position now where we can let Paddock like last year try to figure it out. We have depth now. Adding Darvish and and Snell and Musgrove and with Lamette, it's like okay, we have four sets, so we'll let you try to figure it out. But uh, 
The hook is really short. And I feel like in years before, they would have just let him, even last year, they would have let him go out there and try to get through five or six and let the game get away. Whereas this year, it's like, hey, he gave up three runs or two runs or whatever. He had a quick fourth inning. We're going to get the hook. We're going to bring in pitching, somebody else, because we're trying to win every single game somehow, some way. It's not, oh, it's only April. It, it feels like the, oh, it's only April is is being used to be conservative with how they're, you know, how much workload they're giving the starters. But as far as winning goes, it's you got to get out. We're trying to win this game. We're trying to win every single game. Yeah, no um, doubt. So I, I think we're going to see that in May, Eric. I think I think the way they've handled Paddock the first two starts, like unless he just comes out, lights out all of a sudden, uh, and these are not great teams he's pitching against either. Exactly. So it's not like he's and that's know, worrisome. Yeah, it, it'd be different if he like okay, he only went five, he gave up three. It's the Dodgers, you know. Obviously they're loaded. You yeah, know, that's different. Um, but it's the Rangers who are probably going to be the worst team. Well, I don't know. The A's are giving them a run for their money <laughs> for the worst team in the AL West, and it's the Diamondbacks who are probably better than the Giants, but not by much, and clearly better than the Rockies, but not by a lot. So I, I think by May, if and when Gore is ready, Lamette's going to be good to go. Gore will be good to go. And Pat is going to turn into the one-inning reliever. And Weathers will be our, our super reliever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We'll see. Who knows? Who knows? But what I do know is we'll be here along for the ride with you guys. Yes, sir. Every Monday till we're sick of it. <laughs> then it'll be every other Monday. Uh, you mentioned Paddock. It reminds me of one thing. And then I have another thing uh, real quick. And then we'll go into... Uh, my beloved Padres Twitter segment. Thank you guys again for the voicemail. Uh, if you're listening to this and you don't have Twitter, every Monday we put it out, but it's open at any time that you want to call. You can leave a voicemail, 619-354-9669. Uh, if you ever want to leave a voicemail, give us a call any point in time, anything you want to. As you can tell, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, nothing is off limits for these, <laughs> for these fucking voicemails. So I want to get to those, but you mentioned Paddock, and it makes me think of Judd. 59 at Judd 59521000. I have a new suspect in who I think Judd is. Oh. Because it hasn't been uncovered who Judd is yet. No, I right? think we've gone, uh, we think it's Paddock or somebody very close to Paddock or somebody in the front office. Or someone in the front office. Clearly, whoever Judd is has some insight. Yes. I have a culprit, and I'm pretty damn sure. And this is based off of just one interaction today, but also some, you know. Some other factors. I think Judd, at Judd, 59, 52, 100,000, is Eric Hosmer. <laughs> you might be right. I swear to God. You could be I right. think Hos is Judd. I think he is. Like There was that thing last year with the EJH305 burner that was defending Hosmer. <laughs> like a motherfucker. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes, right? Yes, Okay, I so do. there was that. Uh. There was that. And that was a pretty bad attempt. Yeah. But what, what I'm looking at here is with... Uh, <laughs> what I'm looking at here, and your uncle's calling me right now, Dodger fan. Noted Dodger fan. Yeah, who Shaking in his boots, Dodger yeah, fan. Yeah, who will see this weekend. Uh, you look through Twitter, and if you go through Hosmer's likes, he's pretty active. He's on there liking a lot of shit. And sometimes you'll see him respond to a teammate, and it's like, he's following along. I really think he's following along. And there was an interaction today, I don't know if you saw it, where someone had tweeted at Jerickson Profar, and they had a uh, a tops. I think it was a tops baseball card, and it had Profar in an A's jersey, and on the name of it, it yes, said Jorge Mateo. And he said, "Jerickson, will you sign this for me?" And Jerickson said, "No chance." <laughs> and Hosmer responded within two minutes, like that. You know why? Because he's always on his fucking phone, and he's on Twitter way more than we think he is. And he's he said something responding to him. Oh, is that Mateo yeah. or blah blah blah? And that made me think. And I'm like, hey, this guy's always on Twitter. He's lurking a lot. I think he knows obviously what's going on, so I'm sure the front office talks to him. We we all know uh, that he's beloved in the front office with ownership. We're aware of that. I think Judd fifty nine fifty two one hundred thousand is Eric fucking Hosmer. You might be right because the way that J- the style in which Judd posts, like the way he words his messages, yeah, is very bro Hosmer esque. I. I- Part of me also thinks that he's saying things because he knows it's going to get back to the clubhouse, but he doesn't want people to know it's him saying it. Yes. Like, after a bad paddock start, you say, building blocks, man, got to be better. And that sounds like something Hosmer would say. That sounds like something anyone in the team would say yeah. that they don't want to put their name on it. Yeah. So what they do, they go to Judd5952100000, and they tweet that out. Do you think it's like a team burner? Would it be something if it was just like a... <laughs> they share the login? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's just a team burner. Yeah. Oh, God. 
God damn it, Manny, did you tweet from Judd 59? <laughs> Who the fuck? The- Ryan Weathers, get over here. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, welcome to the big leagues, Hasung. Uh, bring your translator over here. Hey, you on Twitter? <laughs> Google Translate. Hey, so we have this uh, account that we use to talk shit. <laughs> they put to- fans in their place. Yeah. 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 So uh, sometimes we've got to back up, uh, back up Paddock's brother because he says shit and gets himself in trouble. That's what I think it is. I think Eric Hosmer, right, right now, right. my prime right. suspect is Eric Hosmer. For God, I forgot it. What a... T- <laughs> he couldn't be more obvious. That's my prime suspect. I forgot about that. So let me know. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up before the Potters Tour segment. We, we didn't bring it up at the beginning. We are talking about Musgrove. Uh, I, number one, I think it's shitty that people are tagging him in this in Twitter. Uh, saying, hey, Uncle Teddy, you should have been there. Ugh. I think that's kind of shitty. Yeah. I think it's shitty to Agler to do that, yes. first of all. Uh, but there was a part of me that felt sad that yeah. Leitner wasn't wasn't the one to call. Because you know he wanted one so bad. You know he's watching the game. He, uh, of course. More than likely. Well, if he can open his eyes. I mean, we oh, saw the header oh, he took. Oh, man, dude. I I'd never... But I'm sure someone was watching the game yeah. and describing to him what was going on. Yeah. I that. felt bad for Uncle Teddy. My grandmother took a... It's a sad story. I won't go too much into it. But my grandmother... Took a header like that, and yeah. you know she's she's like broken her nose taking a couple headers. So I know like from firsthand, like I know how serious it could be. And I was like, when I found out, I was like, oh Felt man, terrible. Yeah, I hope he's terrible. okay. And then he he tweets the picture, and being Uncle Ted, of course, he has to make fun of himself. Yeah. I'm no Brad Pitt. <laughs> I'm no Brad Pitt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. But it's I, like to see him. I'm like, oh man, Ted, don't don't put that out there, man. We don't want to see that. You're you're beloved. I I I felt awful that terrible. Ted that Ted didn't get to have that call Agler nailed it of course yeah. and when I say I feel bad that Agler didn't get to get that or that Ted didn't get to get that call that is nothing against Agler uh, the Padres radio team of Jesse Agler is fantastic <laughs> it's great Agler brings so much to the game I think he's fantastic he in his job absolute it's amazing imagine and then uh, if you ever hear uh, Senor Ortega is stellar as well yeah. I don't know if you heard the call but his voice cracked at the end. Oh, did it? Yeah, I'll play it for you later when we come off the air. Yeah, the, the call in Spanish. Who also, oh, by the yeah, way. Oh, yeah, I heard on Ben Woods. Yes, who yeah. also, by the way, calls games for my beloved, and as well as Marcus. You might know him as Marcus on uh, Instagram there. Uh-huh. But uh, Mad Friars Marcus, our beloved Aguilas de Mexicali. He also calls those games. But oh, uh, cool. yeah, imagine not having the three best play-by-play guys. We have the best Spanish play-by-play guy. We have the best in Don Orsillo on TV. And we got the best in radio. Uh, Jesse Agler, you had made a good point too when you said, "Like, man, I really wish Ted would do it." But I feel like this is a universe thanking Jesse for letting Ted call the playoff clinch. Exactly, it was karma a, paying yeah. him back. I love baseball within the first ten games. Yeah, because last year when Agler said, "Hey, you know what, pal? This is your call," and he yeah. handed it over to Leitner so he can make that call. That is the universe. That is karma paying Agler yep. back in spades, and I was very happy for that. Stellar yes, call. We're 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 very lucky, dude. Like the voices that we get to hear when we watch games, whether it's Ortega, whether it's Don, Mud, or Jesse, great, absolutely great. great. Every single every, every single voice I just mentioned: yep. Ortega, Don, Mud, Jesse. We don't need anybody Fantastic. else, other than those guys. No one else is necessary at all. So, anyways, uh, so that's what I want to bring. <laughs> speaking of unnecessary, I think it's time to get to the voicemails. Yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's what I wanted to bring up for you guys. I so, just hope, Eric, that when the time comes, that you don't replace me with your son strictly because he's your son. That's that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> hey, if he sounds like me, he's got the job. Yeah, see, and no then matter I, what. I just don't think that's fair. I just don't think that's fair. But we'll we'll see when uh, when the time comes. If uh, it doesn't matter if he is terrible, you know, DMX all. once said, "And rest in peace, DMX. Rest in power." Blood is thicker than water, and hopefully uh, that does not apply to the podcast when the time comes. Yeah. so Or any broadcast, for that matter. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, we will get to these uh, voicemails. Sorry. Me and my four buddies flew out to the game in Texas on Friday as a bachelor party. We're pre-gaming at the bar, and my buddy meets this chick. And decides he's going to hang out with this girl instead of going to the game with us. And this is the most incredible game ever. Only to find out this chick was married. The craziest <laughs> shit ever. Go Padres. Oh, that's amazing. Everything's bigger in Texas, including disappointment. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. That's why we do. That's why we do this bit. Dude, that's fantastic. He goes to his buddies and there's a... 
There's a first no-hitter in Padre history. That's absolutely... <laughs> and she's married! That's absolutely fantastic, dude. That's why we do this bit. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up also, another thing I forgot. There's so many angles to this Musgrove story. Yeah. Uh, you guys talk about jinxes. I, I told you I do not believe in jinxes. But I do feel like I played a small part in this Musgrove no-hitter. And some might argue a big part, a massive part. We talked about last year how we wanted to travel to Texas oh, yes. to take that series in. Yes. So we would have been there April 9th, 10th, and 11th for that weekend. And it ended up turning out where, hey, you know what? We couldn't go. There's some things that came up as far as you know, COVID, uh, so on and so forth. And it turned out where we couldn't go. So I wasn't able to be there in person to watch the game. And that's why the no-hitter happened. Because if I was there, you bet your ass, Musgrove's getting yanked after an inning and a third. He's given up five earned. There's no doubt in my mind. Minus so, five and more for the day. So thank you for recognizing me and letting me know uh, that I was the reason for that no-hitter. I'm very proud to have played a part in it. Hi, guys. Devin here. Padres MLB Insider at LemonParty.org. Twitter handle at BigBussy69. So uh, I wanted to talk about the Adrian Moore home injury. Um, obviously, it sucks. You feel bad for the kid. But, you know, beyond that, it also sucks because it means Chris Paddock is essentially going to have to start more, which isn't good for the Padres um, because he fucking sucks. <laughs> so um, I'm trying to think, what do you guys think? Do you think they uh, bring Mackenzie Gore up as a result or if they just kind of ride with Chris Paddock until he kills us all? All right, thank you. That was pretty dark. Very. Well, And again, that was uh, uh, Devin at, at least for now, at Big Bussy 69 <laughs> for now. But stay tuned. Stand by. Stay tuned. So yeah, we kind of we kind of yeah covered we, we that. covered that. I think they're going to give uh, Weathers a start until Lamet comes up, and then eventually Gore comes up, and uh, Paddock goes to the bullpen. Sounds good. Let's see. Uh, next one we got. Surprise, motherfucker! This is pizza party tonight. Calling into the shitty, miserable SD fan podcast or whatever you call your shit selves these days. I think I forgot about you, huh? The way you bullied Ryan Weathers. Look at him now. Look at the kid now just dealing. Right? Fucking Moran. <laughs> That's a pizza party tonight from Reddit. Wow. One of my biggest fans on Reddit. Oh, yeah. They, uh, they dragged us. us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Calling in saying that we are fucking losers because I think, of uh, Weathers. They, they you know, I don't disagree. Two idiots. No, we're, I mean, we are. I, I don't disagree, Pizza Party Tonight. So uh, pizza thank you. Party thank you for calling in to, to the pod. What's up, guys? This is Nick uh, at BaseballNick25 on Twitter. Um, just wanted to get your thoughts on what the Dodgers are doing with their starting rotation for the Padres next weekend. Um, apparently the announcers called it staff gymnastics, so we get the top three. Uh, I think they're scared. What do the pods have to do to prove that they're ready to take them on all year? Ooh, that's a good point. That's a and very that's, good question. That's something that we didn't bring up, is uh, the Dodgers going jumping through hoops to make sure that yeah. we face, uh, who is it? Bueller, Bueller Kershaw, Kershaw, and, and uh, Bauer. Yeah, and Bauer. What are your thoughts Assuming on that? Assuming Bauer doesn't get suspended. It's not a rivalry. No, no it's not a, uh, Allow me to go grab my Kermit the Frog with tea puppet. Yeah. Because uh, clearly... It's not a rivalry. Dave Roberts saying, "Make that of you know, make make of that what you will." Yeah. But it's clearly not a rivalry no, when they're not. lining up the top of their rotation yeah. going into the first big legit series of the year in fucking April. Yeah, in April, in not April. a big deal at all to send out the big three. Nah, yeah, nah, nah. Yeah, they're scared. They're yeah, of scared. course they're scared. Okay, they signed. They don't want Bauer. to lose to the Padres. The only reason, remember, I was like, and I got made to look like an idiot when they signed him. But the only reason, and I said it, the Dodgers do not sign big name free agents. The closest they get are when they got bets and they give them a contract extension. But they weren't competing with anybody, right? They don't go out into the market. They lost Granky this way, right? They didn't. They didn't compete for Harper, even though they could have signed him, and Harper probably would have signed there, right? They don't do that. But the Padres all of a sudden pull off uh, Darvish, Musgrove, and Snell, and all of a sudden the Dodgers go and give a record contract to a guy with a near four career ERA. Why would they do that? Weird. Why would they do that? Very weird. Probably because little brother went out and got better, and now they're shaking in their boots thinking, "Fuck, we got to make a move." Yeah. But it's not. It's not a rivalry. No, it's not. It's not a rivalry. Yeah. No, we didn't force them to sign a mediocre cheating pitcher who doesn't pay his agent 
the same fees as other agents do. And then he brags about it. Yeah, and then brags <laughs> about brags. pay inequality for a, for a female <laughs> in a male-dominated workplace. No, Eric, it's not a rivalry when that yeah, happens. It's not. They just did it to do it. It's not. And is it my favorite thing in the world that we'll probably have weathers in a bullpen day that first game? No, no it's not. But at the end of the day, it's April. We're going to face yeah. them a shit ton of times. Would I, would I like for them to maybe push Musgrove back so he can throw Friday? Absolutely. No fucking question about it. But, again, it's April. We're going to see them plenty of times. Uh, this series, obviously, I don't want to get fucking swept. By the I don't Dodgers. think we're going to get swept. Maybe. No, no no chance. No. Uh, but, like, when I say I don't care as much, like, it's just another series in the book to me. Of course yeah. I want to beat the shit out of them. Yeah. I want to beat the shit out of them. But at the end of the day, it's a series in April. It's a long series. I think it's hilarious, the lengths that they're going to, to make sure that we're set up with those three guys. And it's like, we can't hit Gonsolin. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like we it, can't hit May. Yeah, we can't hit those two guys. Like, bring those guys in here. But no, like I, I, I can't wait. I think that I think the Potters can destroy Bueller. Uh, I, th- I think they can grind Bueller out. Okay, that's fair. I think they can destroy Kershaw. They can absolutely Manny fuck in particular. Kershaw. Yes, Manny in particular. No lube. No lube. <laughs> oh. Manny bends that motherfucker over left and right. So I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Uh, I mean. The rest of the lineup, who knows? I would love to see Grisham get him again. <laughs> Kershaw. Oh, especially please. after what happened last year. Please. I would love that. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the series. But uh, I, there shouldn't be this emphasis that it's the end of the world, even if the Padres do get swept, which I don't think they yeah. will. Uh, and I'm not advocating for them to go out and get swept. But let's let's keep our eye on the prize. I it's do a very have long series, yes. and it's April. I do have one worry. I do hope that Padre fan season ticket holders – not the ones like on Padres Twitter, the super dedicated ones, right? The casual season ticket holders. I hope they do not sell out to capitalism and sell Dodge and sell tickets to Dodger fans. I hope it's a brownout all weekend. I would love to see that, but I don't. I don't buy it. Yeah, I don't either. From what we heard, there's a lot of Giants fans there for the Giants series. Yeah. So I think there's gonna be a lot of Dodger fans there. And you know what? I've already made peace with that. It's kind of like it's kind of like I said with the no hitter. It's easier to watch when you expect to get fucked. Like I have my hopes are way down in the dirt. Uh, for that. So I I think there's going to be a lot of Dodger fans there. And you know what? Fuck it. If they want to show up, fuck yeah. it. I mean, they're helping us pay for, uh, you know, Darvish and yeah. Manny and Tatis and all that good stuff. Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, their their fan base will probably talk shit. Whatever. Who gives a, who gives a let's shit? Just, let's just send them home real yeah. dry in the Beat ass. Beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Beat the shit out of them. That's, that's the way to handle it. So. This is Gilbert at Gilbert X Gallego on the Twitter. Uh, my question is, Who's the first player going to be traded, and why is it Tommy Pham? Go pod. <laughs> God damn. Tommy Who's the first Pham player to be traded, it. and why is it Tommy Pham? Let me tell you why it's not going to be Tommy Pham. <laughs> because he's hitting piss missiles for outs. He actually hit a rope today that fell, finally. Yeah. Finally. What's his Babbitt Barrick, like a buck eighty? Uh, I thought I saw on Twitter. It's in the 100s. Yeah. 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 Give Tommy Pham some breaks. He hit a ball that Wolf Myers tagged up on because the center fielder dropped it on the transfer. That would have been out last year. A ball to right center field that just... I feel like he's hit, like, several of them. He just tattoos the ball and it does not fall. And then you get Cronenworth going up there with the old Ortiz special. <laughs> the old soft-serve ice cream yep. the other way that just happens to fall in. And don't get me wrong. I love Jake Cronenworth. We were talking uh, before. Uh, again, I believe it's pronounced Rake Cronenworth. Yeah, no, it's Jake the Rake. Jake the Rake. I, yeah, Jake the Crone Rake. Crone Strike. Yeah, Crone Strike. I love that. A Crone Strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we were talking before, uh, and our, again, you can get this on our Patreon, Two Tamales and a Taco, uh, <laughs> for our pre, uh, pre-show banter. But that I feel like uh, Cronenworth has the perfect swing path. Bat stays in the zone a long time, and he just happens to dump singles when he doesn't You're getting score. way off topic. He asked yeah. who the who the first player yes. to be traded is. Yes. And why is it Tommy Pham? It's not so going to be it? Tommy Pham. Who is it then? Uh, honestly, I think it could be Paddock. I think Paddock could be traded. Hmm. Or it could be... Um, i trying to think of somebody like... I don't think they're going to trade. They could trade Nola, maybe. Because the catching tenant has been really well. I don't want them to trade Nola. I don't see that. Because Years uh, of control, solid yeah. bat. Yeah. Plays all over the place. There's exactly. no way. Exactly, yeah. But I, no I think it could be like, maybe like, a, it's probably going to be somebody we don't even know about, but like a Mateo, somebody gets out of options, O'Grady, yeah. somebody like that. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to be Fam. Yeah. I mean, Fam, look at his whole career. Like, yeah. he has not done great with the Padres. He no. hasn't. Like, let's but it's face a it. small sample. Let's face it. It is a small sample. And he battled all kinds of injuries last year. He's coming off a stabbing this year. He's the, he is going to be the same guy. I'm, I'm not worried, and I say that being kind of worried, but 
he's been the same guy his entire career. He's going to get on base. He might hit. He might have a low pop, but he's going to be a table setter. He's going to get on base for everyone. It's going to happen. These balls are going to start falling. I'm not overly concerned about Fam. I mean, what has changed to make him any different than he was until he got here? Sure, he broke his hammock bone swinging the bat last year in the shortened season. May have came back too soon. I mean, yeah, he got stabbed, right, at the strip Sorry. club. So, you know, other than that, <laughs> what has changed? <laughs> He put up a three twelve on base last year and probably the worst season he's ever had in his professional yeah, career. I'm not worried about fam. Uh I I don't like the idea of thinking of trades in uh April. No. Uh especially because this team, like you kind of look at the underperformers from the guys that you were expecting big things from, and they're seven and three. Yeah. Possibly eight and three. I have my back to the TV, but uh possibly eight and three. After this uh, game tonight against the Pittsburgh Pirates, so not the nine and one you predicted. No, not the nine and one I predicted. Wow, so sorry. I can't believe that didn't happen. I can't. I can't believe it. Uh, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Fam's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, Triple Bauer here, guys. Uh, listen, I just know one of your Mexican Padre friends ratted me out to the league. Okay, about my spin rate going up, about using pine tar. Pine tar which is fine. I mean, until they find out, it's fine, okay? So I just want to put you and Padres Ross at Twitter on notice, all right? <laughs> and also, just so you know, the the last time the Padres were in the World Series was not 23 years ago, but it was four decades ago, okay? <laughs> you idiots. Oh, I gotta go. Rachel's calling me. We gotta go storm D.C. again. <laughs> oh, that's four decades. Call. I saw that, Eric. I hear. I thought it was 1998, but apparently it was 40 years ago. Four yeah. decades. I didn't know I'm 48 years old now. Yeah. Until Dave Pallet told me. I didn't me either. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't either. I thought it was uh, four decades ago. Padres man. routes of Twitter is on notice. They've been put on yeah. notice by Trevor Bauer. You well, scared? Well, number one, at least uh, the beautiful Bobby Cressy will not be calling me out this week. For dropping the Padre Ross on Twitter because it wasn't me this week. Yeah. Uh, no, I am. I'm uh, shocked. We're an hour in. Yeah. And this yeah. is the first time it's been I brought am, up. Uh, I am not. I am not scared. Uh, and nor are my friends because when you sit there and actively state this is how everybody's cheating, I'm going to do it too. And then sell merchandise, mm-hmm. merchandise that is Legalized promoting pine tar yeah, or something that yeah. is promoting cheating. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, buddy, but uh, you're going to get caught. Yeah. Shocker. Shocker. S- Stunning! Yeah. Stunning. Oh, but he's being targeted. Of course yeah. he's being targeted. Yeah, because he went from Fuck being... Dave a, Roberts, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Oh, he's being singled out. Yeah. Eat shit. He went from being a mediocre pitcher to a Cy Young candidate overnight. That, that, come on. And, and there was no change Weird. in his stuff. Yeah. It wasn't... Uh, it wasn't Musgrove figuring out like a mechan- like making a clear mechanical change and a clear change in you know pitch mix and how he's attacking batters. It was literally... Hey, I just happened to up the RPMs on my yeah. on my pitches. So uh, yeah, very very weird. Yeah, very weird. Very weird to say the least. You just so got to use both eyes, Eric. We have one more fired up here. Let's uh, see who's going to walk Eric. us off today. Hey everybody. Well, hey Eric. I mean, it's uh, the Mayor Ramona once again, and uh, I'm calling you for hands free from my Ford Ranger. <laughs> we just got cell phones out here in Ramona, so I thought I'd give you a call. And say what a great job by that uh, Western East County fella, Joe Musgrove, on throwing that no hitter. I'm so glad it wasn't somebody like LeMay or Dervish. Uh, maybe we should be giving Joe Musgrove $340 million. Babu uh, came and stay on the field and stay healthy. Well, anyways, I gotta go, guys. I gotta clam it. I got a club meeting in about five minutes, and Mickey Coke's gonna obliterate my butthole. Oh, boy. <laughs> Well, the mayor making a triumphant return. Oh man! I it's, guess he uh, finally posted bail. Oh Jesus! Is like which mayor of Ramona is this? Yeah. I can't tell. I think it's the original. <laughs> or is he? He's come back, Eric. I'm pretty sure he finally posted. Uh, he called King Stallman bail bonds and uh, <laughs> finally got out of detainment. So he's very happy. There's Joe Musgrove, yeah. but not Lemay or. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, Eric. How come he said "Hey, everybody," but then changed it to <laughs> "I mean, uh, Hey, Eric"? I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, weird. Very curious. That's weird. his thing. I don't. Weird. I don't know why. He never talks why. to me. Yeah, it's kind of kind of strange. Yeah, but, very uh, odd. Very yeah, odd. that was a very entertaining phone call. Thank yeah. you, the mayor of Ramona. And before we get out of here, hey, if you guys are looking for a home, make sure you hit up our pal. Andy Masone at AF Masone on Twitter. Uh, if you're looking to get into your forever home, I know the guy. It's Andy. Make sure you hit him up on Twitter. So uh, we'll get out of here now. Last uh, part that I want to do is predictions. So what do you see oh. for this upcoming week, my friend? I think they're gonna uh, they're gonna take uh, what uh, are they gonna four game series of the Pirates? Yeah, I more so mean the Dodgers. Okay, series. yeah, they're gonna definitely 
take three out of four from the because we the all think they're going to sweep the Pirates, or at least three out of four. We'll say three out of four yeah. against the Pirates. Well, they might sweep because at the top of the rotation. Yeah, um, and uh, I think uh, Joe's going. So, what do you think? What do you think about the Dodgers series? You know what? I would not be surprised if they're just at playing coy about pushing Musgrove back. Ooh, I, I like that. I, I I like. I think it'd be nice for Musgrove to kind of go back to Pittsburgh and get like a nice ovation. But that shit's like they suck. Who gives a shit, right? Like, yeah. it'd be a nice moment, but it's the fucking Pirates. Mm-hmm. Like, who cares? So, I, if you're looking to, the idea is to field the best team you can. He threw I, 112 pitches. That's the other thing. Is early that in the season, it's not. I don't even think it's early in the season. I think it, it is early in the season. It, it, it's it is second early. goddamn start. It's, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's early in the season calendar wise. I'm saying I don't believe that the reasoning would be early in the season. I think if your idea is clearly the Dodgers. Are afraid, and that's why they're lining up the rotation because they're trying to figure. You know, we don't want to go the even though we can't hit May Urias and Gonzalez for some reason. They decided to run out the top of the rotation instead and and line it up that way. So I do think that hey, you know, it's it's all a chess game, right? So you have to make a counter move. I think the counter move is pushing your number three ace uh, into the into the uh, to get a start that weekend. So I would hope, and if I'm being honest, like if Weathers is going to make his starting debut. I think the Pirates are a perfect team for that. I think it's perfect to let him start against the Pirates to get his feet wet as a starter uh, and then uh, push Musgrove to start what would be Friday, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then that way, you know, now you're lining up better with uh, the Dodgers rotation. So that's my prediction is they're being coy about pushing him. But Musgrove is going Friday. I'm going to say that uh, Weathers probably starts Thursday. Musgrove will start Friday, and I think the Padres, uh, I'm going to say, very close games. It could go either way. It's going to be close run differential-wise, but I think the Padres are going to pull out two out of three. I like Because I think they are absolutely going to ask I love I love the idea of playing Coy. I love it. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, you, mentioned, you mentioned uh, Weathers, you know, Pittsburgh being a good team to get your first start against. Yeah. It's also a good first start against uh, a team for Mackenzie Gore. Yeah. If you want to put him in there yeah. and just kind of ease him in there. be a great last start for Chris Paddock as well. Not, <laughs> not a bad idea to give Gore that, that start in Pittsburgh and yeah. push Joe back. So yeah. uh, that way you just kind of keep Weathers doing what he's doing because he's doing great yeah. in what he's doing now. So just keep him there. So uh, I will say I went nine, I said 9-1 and one next time we record the last time, and I got killed for it uh, from a few people on Twitter. So I will say going to the Dodgers series, and uh, I will also preface it that this does not make me a Dodger lover. Fuck the Dodgers. Fuck everyone that is uh, affiliated with the Dodgers, especially Alana Rizzo. Fuck you. Oh, God. Eat Fuck shit. you. Fuck you. Eat shit. Uh, I think the Padres are going to drop two of three against the Dodgers. That's okay. So that's, that's what I'll okay. put out. There. I mean, it's going to. We're not going to get swept. I don't think we're going to get swept. I think they're going to drop two. It's going to be really close. And, uh, I say that because I said nine and one, and I was wrong this time. So I'm hoping I'm wrong yeah. again. But uh, we'll be checking in Monday. We'll have the answer for you. And uh, until then, hey, give us a call on that voicemail if you want. 619-354-9669. Whenever, wherever, call us. Uh, let's see what's up. So, anyways, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. We're out of here.